As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, nothing matters. Then you die. Let's do this meeting. Hi, everyone! Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, June 8th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, that's Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. And over yonder, making the magic happen, he's going back to back. It's The Apprentice, Eshwa Kid. How y'all doing? What's hey, up, Ash. Ash? Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. We love to see it. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Go get your No Dunks merch if you haven't done that over at nodunks.com, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs that you can break and you can stack however you want. And then you can just buy another one at nodunks.com. All right, let's just jump right into it. Yeah. Game three, baby. <laughs> Behind a pair of remarkable 30-point triple doubles from Jokic, from Jamal Murray, the Nuggets dominate the second half on their way to the 109-94 game three win over the Heat. Denver holds the 2-1 lead in the NBA Finals. Woo! We were watching on playback and uh, really did watch a dominating second-half performance from from both of those guys, but uh, this team overall. Wasn't that just phenomenal? Uh, The numbers, of course. Mm -hmm. Unprecedented stuff uh, from Murray and Jokic. But also just zooming out. Not just about the one team, just as basketball fans. It was just great here. 1-1 series. The best players on both teams decided this game is friggin' important. Mm-hmm. And we just watched uh, Jamal Murray in a game two performance where he only had 18. It was a quiet 18. He just wasn't a big part of their offense. It was so much of Jokic and Murray was waiting for things to happen. In game three, he didn't wait for a frickin' second. Game two, he had three attempts in the first quarter. In this game, he had three makes in the first three and a half minutes. He was just focused. And and as I sort of said, about being a basketball fan, and you just see Murray and Jokic running a pick and roll against Jimmy and Bam over and over and over again. It was just, it was glorious to watch. Mm-hmm. It was just so much fun. And the Heat, we can talk about the second half where, yeah, the, the Nuggets really exploded, but the Heat 
you know, had a couple chances in the first half to take control. And that's where I was, I was thinking that, you know, the heat break teams. And I, and I wanted to see the response from this Nuggets team. It was a four point lead midway through the, the second quarter and for the heat. And Jamal Murray had a, just a, a bailout three yeah. that really <laughs> helped the Nuggets stay afloat. Cause that was kind of the breaking point where it could have gone uh, the heat's way, but uh, Jamal Murray, Ends with 34, 10, and 10. Jokic, 31, 21, and 10. Uh, ridiculous numbers. First time ever two guys have 30-point triple doubles. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, and Not I, in the NBA Finals. No, ever. Not in the postseason. On the same team, two guys, 30-point triple doubles. It's never happened before. I think it's hilarious. Michael Malone is a guy who pretends that he doesn't know these stats all the time. He goes to the podium after the game. He says, quote, I think it's the first time in finals history or maybe NBA history that two guys have 30-point triple doubles. He knows exactly. He's just he's, – he's one of those people that just pretends to not have researched it, not to have looked it up. Yeah, um, the 16th digit of pi is 7, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> not he, sure. You have to fact check me. Anyway, he it just – just overall, just fun. Just just super fun. And, and Murray and Jokic, yeah. Hey, we're strong. We're big. Uh, we should be able to score. And, and they took it to him. Yeah, they definitely made an effort, the Nuggets did, to go to the Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll action right from the jump. You said it. And I saw Dan Devine tweet this, and he had a great sort of montage of clips where every time Miami did start to generate some momentum, like you talked about, Tass, maybe they were building the lead. Maybe they were going to pull away a little bit. It was Always, It felt like it was always Jamal Murray with the silencer, as Dan Devine called it. Uh, so true. Just He can just hit tough shots. That's the thing. He's one of the rare guys in the league where there's three seconds left in the shot clock after you've played great defense for the entire possession. Yeah. You can hand it to him wherever he is on the floor, and he can make it <laughs> more times than not. And he hit a huge three, like you said, a couple jumpers where he's pirouetting inside. He was awesome. But let's not overlook the Joker. <laughs> Jokic, Big Honey, someone in the stream team wanted to call him Mr. Potato Boat. I'm not sure that nickname's going <laughs> to stick, but my God. His three games in this series, in the finals, they read like lotto numbers or like locker room combinations. Combinations. Why did I say it like that? I was going to stop at combos, and then yeah. I wanted to say combinations, and it came out funny. Yeah, hilarious, actually. Game one, 27, 10, and 14. Game two, here, I'll turn the combo here, 41, 11, and four, and now 32, 21, and 10. So he's averaging 33, 14, and nine on 59% Yeah, can you say those averages again? Because I was doing it at the end of our our, our playback broadcast yesterday, and I was a little, I was just, I just questioned myself. Are these the actual numbers, or is my math wrong this late at night? I think I'm correct here. Through three games in the finals, yeah. Jokic is averaging 33 points per game, 14 boards, and 9 assists. His shooting splits are 59 from the floor, 44 from deep, and 85 at the line. So he's the MVP. I know <laughs> yes. I, I know Hubie Brown, so. Brown might give Christian Brown an MVP vote, <laughs> uh, but he is clearly the MVP. But you're right. We've, we've just started talking about Jamal Murray because we kind of overlook Jokic because yeah. he just dropped 41 in game two because he's steady. Because he's their rock, because he's their Duncan. His numbers were, will always be there. That's true. And he's going to do it over Bam. I think you've got to, if you're a, an opposing GM in a front office, you got to be thinking, uh, 
we got to get somebody who's as big as this guy. Who? Find somebody. I know there's not many. That's there's the just thing. giants. He's putting up these numbers against Bam Adebayo, yeah. who's an all-defensive player year in, year out. But he knows and he's he bigger than him. against Anthony Davis, who's an incredible yep. defensive player. These are not Gobert. scrubs. Gobert. Like, these are he's the best a... big men defensive guys in the league. And he's yeah. doing this, like you said, just like sort of in his sleep. I mean... Our WhatsApp chat last night was like, you know, marveling over the numbers, going nuts about these averages that he's doing. But then everybody was like, is it weird to say like he did this easy? Like it was a 30-20-10 in his sleep, it feels like. Like he has like another level. That's the that's the crazy part. Like you wouldn't be shocked if we see if we see a line like a 40-25-15. He could do it in the in the right situation. Um, but it yeah, he had the baby hooks, he had the tap-ins, he had the scoop layups. Obviously, he's diamond up guys, and we'll get to Christian Brown probably now. I mean, he hit him a couple times, cutting back door, threw a couple lobs to AG. I mean, complete control. And uh, and another part that I think doesn't get talked about a lot with him, uh, and I get it because it's not a sexy point I'm about to make, but for all the pick-and-roll action that they do, Jokic and Murray... How many times does Jokic pick up a an illegal screen, offensive foul? Yeah, he's pretty steady at that, too. Almost never. Mm-hmm. Almost never. And so credit to him, obviously. Set the damn screen and don't move because that's where you're going to get called, right? You're going to drag. You're going to do a Draymond. You're going to you know hold and stuff. He does never gets called for it. And you got to credit Jamal Murray, too. It's the timing of when you're going on the pick and roll and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I just thought about that. I was like, he rarely gets called for... Mm-hmm. And I'm saying he's not doing it. I'm not saying they're missing it, but mm-hmm. that's... That's, you know, dedication and discipline between the two running that that, that uh, two-man game. It definitely seemed quiet. It seemed like a quiet 30, 20, and 10 <laughs> it, yeah. uh, because he's just so under control because he's so calm. When the pick-and-roll got blown up, when Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo said, all right, we, we've got to get the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands, he found the outlet. The outlet was Jokic, and that's what was so fun about this. This game was so much on the shoulders of their best players, and everybody else, you know, filtered out uh, from that. But that's what made this an incredible finals game. Just give it to Jokic. So calm, so comfortable with his footwork, never going too fast, you know, never moving on a screen, mm-hmm. uh, just ridiculously comfortable. And yeah, the, the, it was so quiet and a quiet forty almost in a way in game two. I don't think the combo nation even goes that high on the <laughs> on a lock, right? It's, it stops at thirty six, I think. So <laughs> him, yeah, it depends on the lock. Yeah, I, think. I guess so. Um, yeah, because you don't need sixty. I think it went up to sixty at some point, but then they said we don't need all these it's not numbers. A clock, yeah, yeah. So I think it stopped at thirty six. For some weird reason, why would it stop at thirty six? <laughs> That's really know. weird. Anyway, I got a blue one. It's in my head. I feel like thirty two was on there. But what do you got it on? What are you locking up? Just to lock a locker. Remember, we were used oh, to work at Turner. Locker. Yeah, we used to work at Turner. My, uh, we had lockers. I locked my crawl space underneath my house with a with a Dudley lock. Yeah, huh. I mean, it's like you could just break it with your hand if you wanted to get in, probably. But yeah, just to you know, put just, something on there, just so I could sleep at night. You know? <laughs> got the power washer under there. Got a ladder under there. I don't want somebody Shouldn't crawling under this. there. Yeah, no, somebody can get in. Uh, one of those foldable ladders, I guess. Yeah, one of those. Those are good ladders. Those are good ladders. <laughs> anyway, um, he's the MVP. Jokic is uh, ridiculous. He's he's too. He's just knows he's three inches and thirty five pounds. You know, bigger, taller, and heavier than Bam Adebayo, and mm-hmm. he's just so comfortable doing it. Spectacular stuff, and I just love how they're doing it from inside the arc. A lot of critics. And even me sometimes, I don't want a three-point game or a three-point shooting game just all night long. Let's go back and forth. This Nuggets team is doing it from inside the arc. Not a big part of their win. 
shooting it from the outside at they all. They hit five threes. They hit five threes. That's and it. A, and a poor percentage from three yeah, as well. Yeah. Not, not, not shooting well. Their opponent hit six more, and they smacked them. They just did it from two-point land. They've shot at least 58% on twos in three straight finals games. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they're doing, and that bodes well. It's the seventh team in history to do that in the finals, 58% from two, three straight games. The previous seven, or previous six have won the title mm. from our man Shane Young. There that, you go. That's a hell of a stat. So, yeah. yeah, what a tag team clinic from Jokic and Murray. Uh, just awesome. But let's talk about the uh, third star for Denver, probably Christian Brown. Uh, you know, the backup rookie coming off the bench, part of the compost crew. He was amazing. He was in attack mode all night. 15 points in a, you know, 19 20 minutes there, but got a, an extended run as he should in the second half. So many of his baskets just from simple cuts. I mean, if you go watch him, <laughs> he's like 30 feet away from the play. He's like crunched down, he's just waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. Obviously, you know, Jokic has got the ball, Murray's running around, and then he just times the times the sprint to the rim. And then Jokic usually would find him. But he also had that steal that led to the fast break dunk. And then he had another one in semi-transition, uh, which felt like sort of the, the the dagger in this game where he scored over Jimmy Butler. There was no in, foul called, I don't think, but no. uh, he just sort of overpowered him. He went into Jimmy Butler's chest, yeah. and the Heat had to call timeout. And that's yeah. when the Nuggets bench, the, the photos of the Nuggets bench coming up to Christian Brown, just ridiculously excited for this rook. You see, you see Ish Smith and... Uh, even Michael Porter Jr., who he was stealing minutes from in this game mm-hmm. because Michael Porter Jr., again, having a, a bad one that we'll get to. But Christian Brown, he's like Pat Connaughton to me. Am I comparing athletic white guys? You bet. Uh, but they play exactly the same. Connaughton was big in the 21 uh, finals for the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, you probably forget what he did. That's all I'll remind you. You had 14, 14, and 11 in three different games. Solid. Yeah, important stuff. You know, uh, A couple other eight-point ga- uh, eight games, so averaging nine through that six-game series. Stand in the corner, time your cuts, as you said. Yep. Maybe come up with an offensive board. Maybe time a steal perfectly and throw it down. They're perfect. Uh, they're perfect at that. And so it's it's nice to have him on, on this team, especially with Michael Porter Jr. shooting the way he was. Aaron Gordon did have a good game. Oh, yeah. Just, just playing his role. You don't think of him as a passer, but I thought he was great last night. 11 points, 10 boards, and 5 assists. Just doing the right thing. So... You really kind of needed Murray Jokic and a little help, and they got that from Gordon and Christian Brown, and that's all they really needed in this game. Yeah, Christian Brown's night was so great that even the one shot he missed, yeah, which was off the side of the backboard, if I remember <laughs> correctly, he grabbed the rebound for. Uh, so, yeah, you know it's your night when, but huge, huge 15 points with the four boards, had an assist, had that one steal like we talked about. And it was big because, yeah, Michael Porter Jr., uh, and KCP, let's be honest. Absolutely. Both of these guys continuing to struggle. Uh, KCP sort of got benched, uh, you know, in the second half. Uh, missed a, or sat for a good portion of the third and fourth quarters. And then Michael Porter Jr., just two points, 21 minutes. That's his lowest for the series. His numbers just keep going down, down, down. And uh, he is three for 19 from deep. And we talked about it on playback a lot about, man, he feels like the type of player that he needs the offense going a little bit to help him stay engaged and a little more focused defensively. I don't think he was as bad on the defensive end as he was in game two. No, he wasn't. it was like, you know, he was completely lost. There were a couple instances where he still was uh, not, um, you know, in tune with the defense. Um, and that was a part why he probably didn't see those minutes and Brown playing well. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how 
Michael Malone handles them sort of moving forward here? Do you just sort of, do you just allow them or hope they work out their problems, especially offensively and hit a shot? Or, you know, do you sort of just keep reducing their minutes if these other guys are contributing? Well, he played 21 minutes, MPJ. I don't think he can get much lower. I mean, if you're starting him, really. Yeah. He's going to have a couple eight-minute stints. And I think you continue to start him and, and just yeah, see what happens. Uh, he's he, he Okay, so he's not hitting his shots. But at least he's pulling out the defense. You, you still have to respect him somewhat. Mm-hmm. And so that helps. And uh, this Nuggets team is just a great locker room. They're going to support him no matter what. He was asked post-game about his struggles. Uh, and Aaron Gordon yelled at him. He said, think about how great you'll be when you get your powers back from the Monstars. I mean, that's that's a good teammate right there. Yeah. Like, just keeping things light. Yeah. And that's all you got to do. So, MPJ is struggling. I, he did play better defensively. But a heck of an option for Michael Malone to be able to go, Christian Brown, you're playing a lot. Bruce Brown continues to play a lot. Yeah. And Jeff Green contributed in his minutes, too. So, those three guys off the bench, they're lucky. Uh, I, they gave Jamal Murray a, a tiny little break with uh, Reggie Jackson, one minute and 23 seconds of play here. But this was fun because Murray and Jokic just played so much. They they stayed out there when usually they sat. Usually a Murray would sit, but both of them playing 44 minutes in this game. And so you just got to find enough minutes for the other guys. Again, Aaron Gordon was great, and then you got those bench contributions. Yeah, I think they stick with the same and just hope that KCP, who's a damn champ and should be able to play better, he's played bad for two straight games, just plays better. MPJ just plays better. So I think they're in a great spot. You yeah. got those guys playing poorly, two starters playing poorly, two games in a row, and you're up 2-1. They got to be feeling pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the Heat. Uh, what did you think about them? I mean, one of our focuses in going into game three was like, Nuggets got to try and take away the three-point shot. I mean... This is the best three-point shooting team in the postseason, the Heat. They struggled yesterday, 11 for 35. You know, some of those come in late, too. They only shot 37% overall. Jimmy looked aggressive, especially early on. Yeah. Finished with 28. Um, took a lot of shots uh, in, in the first half and was getting to his spots. But, like, outside of him and Bam, there was really nobody else outside of, like, a one-minute Caleb Martin explosion where he scored eight points. It's going to be a tough series for Jimmy Butler to score 40. I think it's it's something we expect of Jimmy now. Just just go drop 40. And I know Kyle Lowry told our Trey Kirby in that video that there's going to be a Jimmy game. But I think this is this is what you could expect. It's, it's 28. It's a good night. I, th- I thought Jimmy had a good night, really, offensively. I know it didn't come in key moments and, and all that. But, yeah, the three-point shooting around him was guarded a little bit better. But I think... You know, we we automatically, as people who watch basketball, will come here and say, "Oh, yeah, they, they obviously the Nuggets obviously guarded the Heat really well at the three point line. Pff, Eleven for 31 percent. They must have did a good job. There's lots of open threes that the Heat could have hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nuggets still, this is the, what they do. They just leave open shooters at times. They they just protect the lane and leave open shooters. So the Heat just didn't come through really. Uh, do you think a part of it was Gabe Vincent getting into foul trouble too? A little he bit. He got a rough whistle last night. I mean, you could. We argue, saw that a couple. You could times. argue all three of his fouls that sort of took him out of commission there were questionable. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, there's been some questionable calls. Game two was the worst officiated game of the series. It, that was not good. It was a little bit better yesterday, but I totally agree. Yeah, Gabe got a bad, a bad whistle. Like the there, one, no the doubt. one that comes to mind was uh, the one where Jokic passed the ball off of Aaron Gordon's back. 
and Aaron Gordon ran into Gabe Vincent. Yeah, that was weird. It was like a loose ball. And suddenly he was called for the foul. <laughs> you know, there's that one. That, that was a wrong call. Yeah, yeah, but and he then, had a bad game. And then uh, Gabe got patted on the back when he was shooting a three and flopped. flopped. That's true. He did get that one. But yeah, that was a good whistle for, for the Heat. It was a foul, I guess. But yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, they had to fight through. Uh, somebody needed to hit some shots on that team. There's there's just some open looks that they're going to allow, and they just have to they have to knock them down. Yes, a rough whistle, but he also had just a rough night shooting the ball, and he was he's been incredible through the first two games. Yeah, and he only had seven points last night, two of ten from the floor. Gabe was, and then Max Struess also he was bad shooting, just one of seven. And then Kevin Love is in there; he's starting, um, and you know the Nuggets just dominated the glass. Like what was it a twenty five? Yeah, plus 25 rebound advantage for the Nuggets in this game. That's the largest by any team in the finals since, like, 1976. Like, you know, back to, like, the NBA-ABA merger to find a discrepancy that large. That's a huge, huge difference. 25. Well, it's like the days of plumbers back there. Uh, <laughs> 25, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I guess, and in, in, you know, way back when, sometimes teams would just have taller players it feels like this is a scenario where the Nuggets are just bigger across the board. And I know Kevin Love going to the starting lineup was smart, but the Nuggets just played with some serious force in this game. That was the question. How are they going to respond to this Heat team that can break people with adversity going on the road for the first time tied in a playoff series, having lost at home for the first time? And they responded with some force. Yeah, Gordon uh, was great on the boards. Jamal Murray showing that force too. Everybody uh, contributing. That's a, that's a big number. Even Michael Porter Jr., you know, they were all boarding. Yeah. That's a huge, that's a ridiculous number, plus 25. So the team that takes game three of a 1-1 NBA Finals, they go on to win the title. 80% of the time. Right, that's right. I was yeah. testing you there. But, uh, but That's the but. last time I'm doing percentages this season. But listen to this. Because I don't care about these other ones. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Teams have rallied from a 2-1 deficit. To win the finals eight times and four of which have occurred in the last 12 years last year last year warriors 2015 warriors 2013 heat 2011 mavericks against the heat so you know this is not this is not over this makes okay let me ask you this though friday night series determined if the nuggets win oh, if the rat, nuggets win sure no yeah. way they he yeah. can come back from that but so. obviously if the heat win we're tied 2-2 <laughs> and we get a pivotal game yeah. five on monday yes yeah it, it is that it has to be Yes, it's just great seeing uh, players play to their capabilities, and I, I, that's why it was it was fun to see Jokic and Murray just play to that level. Murray with this 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 retribution, this this coming back from these injuries, and and guy who was great in a bubble three years ago has never made an All Star team. That's crazy. When you uh, think about yeah, it. when you think about it like that, but he's <laughs> he's playing to his capabilities. I saw you you tweeting about. You know him being Mr. Canada, maybe maybe one day being the best Canadian ever. Yeah. Well, I know mean, we do have a two-time MVP. True, true, true. But but in a different way, the way he scores the ball. Nash always said he wanted to score the ball more and, and take over in that way. Yeah, Jamal Murray can take over in a different way. He's also playing with you know this guy, this guy Jokic that we all sort of overlook. That another great moment yesterday when the stat line came up. It read 40, 30, 20, 10. Yeah. Minutes played, points, rebounds, and assists. 40, 30, 20, 10. Just, just, just glorious numbers like there. Yeah. Who yeah. doesn't like a little numerology like that? <laughs> Did ESPN <laughs> round up or round down? Sure. 
with the with the minutes played. Oh, the minutes, I yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> uh, that was uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just yeah. Again, Murray playing you know, way better than he did in game two was great. Obviously, Bam could have played better. So I, I, I was excited to see guys play to their capabilities. I know Jimmy could have played a little bit better, but I thought he played great. Bam. Bam struggled. It was it was odd to see his line at the end that he was seven of twenty one. Yeah, it didn't feel like that. Well, he started the game so well, and then I thought, I mean, he he was killing it there early. Yeah, and uh, yeah, as the game went on, the shots continued to uh, to miss and miss and miss. He grabbed a lot of rebounds, but it was just Jimmy and Bam, and I think the Nuggets are going to be content to live with those two guys trying to beat them with two point shots. Right? It's like that. The whole plan has to be for the Nuggets to try and take away all the other guys all the three-point shooters you know obviously Gabe having a good series up until game three and we've seen what Caleb Martin did against the Celtics okay he hasn't done much in this he was sick I get that um you know Lowry and Duncan Robinson all these shooters all these other guys it's like they'll live with that because the the math will not work out in the Heat's favor if it's uh Jimmy and and Bam scoring you know 60 to 70 on on a bunch of shots it just it won't add up for them uh, they need the uh, they need the rest of the guys, especially the three point shot. I think uh, to help them, and they need to score more. That's the other part of this. Like they just have to score more. The Heat to to pull off this upset here, this one eight matchup. Well, yeah, when you get sixty six from Murray and Jokic, they're just on fire, mm-hmm. and so that's where the math doesn't add up. Uh, you know, um, Butler and Adebayo combined for fifty. Uh, How many shots? Uh, yeah, not not. Not a good percentage no, no. Uh, for our man Bam specifically uh, for our man Bam, but yeah, Murray and Jokic just played out of the uh, out of their heads. Really, what it comes down to. Does Spo have any moves to make here in Game Four that that you see? Because I mean, it felt like him, and he doesn't like to tip his hand, but it was like a lot of like we just got to play way harder. Like you know, all these loose balls, these long rebounds, um, not getting back. I thought they were lucky; they avoided a couple semi transition. Uh, threes that the Nuggets could have banged down, especially KCP and Michael Porter Jr. Like they were getting them in rhythm, they still couldn't hit them. But is there any any adjustments you think Spo might make in terms of rotation, starters, where you put guys, what action you uh, you try and exploit? Have we hit the point of the series where it's just no more adjustments, just play harder? Kind of feels that way. If unless it's Haywood Highsmith coming back and saving the day a little bit. Uh, what? Maybe go back to Caleb Martin? <laughs> Would he do that in the starting lineup? I don't think so. No. Because then you just get easy ones. You saw what Aaron Gordon did in the first quarter of game one. Mm-hmm. He had six buckets at the rim in the first quarter. Because he knows that if he's going up against Caleb Martin or Jimmy. Or Gabe, a lot of that. Yeah, whoever's there. missing. Whoever's, yeah, switching. That's that's tough. Uh, so I don't, you can't go smaller. They're just smaller at every position. Uh, you can't give up Kevin Love's size. But Haywood Highsmith's energy, perhaps, perhaps. Um, Maybe. Yeah. I, I liked uh, Malone's adjustment in Game 3 when they did see zone of where they put Jokic in it. It wasn't like right at the nail, right at the free throw line. It's up higher. They were putting him up higher. Sometimes they would put him down, like, outside of the paint on the block there, on the baseline, let yeah. him operate there. Yeah, those were some nice wrinkles there uh, when they saw the zone. They didn't see it a whole lot, I didn't think, in this game. But, yeah, good stuff there from Michael Don't Call Me Mike Malone. Um, what else you got? Any other random notes from Game 3? Well, I think we've been uh, yearning for a Jokic brother to uh, 
to make the camera, but they, they've been in the background, the Jokic bros, right? Oh, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Strachinja Jokic, uh, Nikola's brother, yep. apparently was hanging out with Jamal Murray's dad. Okay, and, I saw this clip. Yeah, Charlotte Wilder filmed it, right. I think. Confirmed? Yeah, confirmed people, it was people, Jamal's dad. I mean, I couldn't tell from the distance this thing was. Yeah, shot. it was. Hey, they don't they don't give people uh, great seats, uh, people in the media at times. Been there, done that. Sure, so, sure. So this You're video camera, yeah. so this video camera work by Charlotte Wilders. It's a distance. I mean, she doesn't have a telescope. And in the clip, it's one of Jokic's brothers appearing to maybe call over Jamal Murray's yeah, dad. Let's hang. Hey, come on down, come down a row, and then he's got his big arm around him. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, man." We're going to do this. I think he's saying, what, hey, well, how are we celebrating? <laughs> Probably. Right? Yeah, why not? There was Let's a shot of Jeff fun. Green at one point last night where I was convinced Jeff Green was like sitting there going, I'm two games, two wins away from a NBA championship. This guy's played on every team in the league. <laughs> well, right? then, then he told everybody to get freaking focused well, that's when, what they, I mean. when they gave up that lead, something to, you know, partial lead. It was getting close. He said, lock in. Lock in, this ain't over. And I think that's been a fun part of these three games that they've both, all three, sorry, excuse me, have gone down pretty much to the wire where, yeah, we've got like a, a Nikola Jovic minute here or there. We mm-hmm. saw Peyton Watson sneak in yesterday and, and the benches sneak in, but no blowouts no, uh, quite yet. Game no, one was a little boring. Game, was, this game, one got out of hand. I mean, it built to like a 20-point lead, 18-point yeah. lead. Yeah, but they, then they the, heat, the Heat suddenly hit a couple of shots, and then Malone had to call timeout. You're right. Anyways, Nuggets kicked ass. That's uh, what happened. The Heat have lost three straight games in their home arena here, which is a weird little wrinkle to all of this. It is weird. Obviously losing the last two to the Celtics in that series, and then now losing game three. They're going to need game four to uh, try and pull this off. We saw Haslam. He entered the game right at the end, Tass. I was a little disappointed. 30 seconds left. He comes in. Oldest player in NBA history to appear in a finals game. He's 42 years old, 363 days, so he's nearly 43. Do you know who he beat? Who was 42 years and 58 days old when they played in a finals game? Oh, don't, it, don't it, wasn't, it wasn't Kareem. It was Kareem. Oh. Kareem I didn't Jabbar. think he would be. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think yeah. he was 42. 42 and 58 days, but Haslam has that record. Why were you, why were you disappointed? Well, because he was tying his shorts on the floor. <laughs> wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be ready for those final 29.8 seconds. Old guys, old guys is. always tie their shorts. You're you're his age. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, I am. Yeah, so it's weird I'm to younger. think about it like I'm that. I'm younger. You're not four. You're not 358 days. You're 330 days. I'm probably 330 days, something like that. Nah, maybe a little less. I'm over 300 days. Let me see. Yeah, your shorts are tied. You're ready. You're look at that. My shorts are tied. Yeah, see. <laughs> I'm always ready, baby. Uh, speaking of fashion, <laughs> did you see Jimmy Butler post game in the big face hockey jersey? What are these going to retail for? If the coffee cups, if the coffee cups are 100 bucks, that jersey's going to be like 10,000. This guy. The Florida Panthers doing their thing. Got to make a hockey jersey. Smart, huh? I guess that's his logo, right, for the big face? Oh, you better believe it. With uh, We saw Trey Kirby and Jerome. Got a YouTube short up of uh, those guys testing it out or talking to people. How much would you pay for a cup of uh, Jimmy Butler Java? What would be your answer, Tess? How much would you pay? <laughs> Finals. Final setting. A final setting, okay. Yeah, pop-up shop. A pop. Okay, so you're yeah, you're, for the you're, experience. Thro- you're throwing some uh, some caveats on there. I sure, get it. sure. 
How much would I pay for a coffee? Okay, so this is a special event. I guess you I'd like pay coffee. twenty. Yeah, I guess I'd pay twenty bucks, and I'd hate it every second. That's a lot of, of money. It. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Okay. How much would you pay? How much would you pay? How much Jimmy would you Butler pay? <laughs> were to make your coffee. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd pay. You pay more, of course. If Jimmy is in there, yeah, towel over his shoulder. That's right. Pulling that shot. <laughs> mm. No problem. I pay a hundred bucks. Wow. Okay. You probably get a good get selfie. The f- I'm filming it. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Good content there. That's, yeah. That's the right answer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and Trey and Jerome were there for the pop up because he doesn't have a physical store. No brick and no. mortar. No. 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 But his goal is to get it up to a hundred dollars per cup. <laughs> I love that. The goal. That sounds like a lot. I guess uh, our guys, or at least Trey said he paid twelve dollars at the pop up yesterday. Yeah, I'm interested. Still expensive. I'm interested in what he, he got an espresso, a vanilla espresso tonic. That's right. That's right. Is that even a coffee? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was an iced coffee for sure because uh, it's hot. hot as hell there in Miami. How about uh, the broadcast and specifically what Mark Jackson loving the Miami skyline shots? <laughs> was he not pumped to see those? And they kept going to them every time. Every there was a little lull in the in the play. I'll just show you the beautiful Miami skyline. There, Jackson was loving it. Yeah, I felt like it was sort of a, 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 a kind of a, a smack against uh, the Denver Nuggets. What do you mean? Yeah, it was a bit of a slight. <laughs> we spent two. What, they got cool buildings. We spent two games in Denver. Didn't get any good scenics. Oh, that's now we're not in true. We got some nice uh, drone shots where we were like seeing the mountains. Oh God, and... yeah, I rode up. A... But you weren't even there. You I... weren't even watching. You're there. No, I was in the I was in the arena, so I didn't see. Yeah, there were uh, some nice ones. Of so, uh, we saw a great Red Rocks for sure. They showed that. <laughs> of course, I went out there. I could have filmed them for them. I got great videos of the Coors plant. That's where the Coors plant is. <laughs> oh, I like Coors Banquet. It's a go-to beer. Got to go to Denver. How's the how's how the, much uh, would you pay for a Coors banquet? Three dollars, fresh from the tap. <laughs> Two dollars from the initial tap. That's where it was made. Oh, from the there's like a river running through there, is there? Yeah, from the falls. You lie on your back, <laughs> it gets poured in your mouth. I'd pay for that experience. You should. Uh, anything else you got from this game? I don't think we'll, so. We'll uh, preview game four tomorrow on the Drop Podcast. And by the way, we will be doing a playback on Friday night. For the sickos out there, so you can join us. Join the No Dunks Playback Room right now. The link is in the show notes. And then, yeah, we'll be back here on Saturday morning in the Classic Factory to break down Game 4. We were watching together on Playback yeah, yesterday. We I, I felt nervous before the game. <laughs> we said that. Again. That's basketball. This is And the, Jamal Murray made me feel like I, I was right. It made me feel a, a little bit more sane anyways. He was asked... Or he, he said, if people ask, it's a big stage, do you get nervous and stuff? He said, you're supposed to be. Right. That's what makes you care. That's what makes you alive. That's what makes you enjoy these moments. It's good to feel that. So he was nervous. He had the sweats. You, you, just like you us should, on playback. You should be nervous. That's exactly right. Exactly That's the right, right attitude. Yeah. I'm nervous before every show. Been doing it a long time. Still I, get I, nervous. I have panic attacks. I nearly freak out when Ash or JD goes, all right, you ready? Here we go. Classic out of loading. And then Boom into it killing it what are you, you looking tie at your shorts yeah i see you look at my pits do you, i got them yeah tie, i do you tie your shorts see that's, those pit that stains. right there jamal that's a winner those pits right there <laughs> you ain't nervous you're not a champion <laughs> right i got i think i just got one <laughs> that's a good day for you what do you mean well you usually are rocking some great pits stains you're right these are light <laughs> i think you run hotter than i do all right i would hate being in miami 
That was nice to be in Denver. Right, right, right. Beautiful weather. Spectacular weather. Well, Trey Kirby and Jerome are killing it, of course, with all of our social media content. So go check that out on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, at No Dunks Inc. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, oh my God, we got a bunch of news to talk about. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One, one more. Am I on here? There we go. Was I on? Oh, okay. My bad. Uh, one more <laughs> note uh, from or about Game 3 of the NBA Finals from Dan Devine, who I believe you hugged when you were in Denver. Full full frontal hug. Do we know if Trey's hugged him yet? I don't know. Okay. It's a divine hug, I'll tell you that. Uh, he tweeted, Denver ran 32 Murray-Jokic pick-and-rolls in Game 3. Tied for the most they've run in any game, not only this postseason, but all season. That was their bread and butter. Holy That's crap. what you love. That's huge. Best players putting it on their backs in a big game situation. That was great. All right, into some news. Some big news yesterday uh, coming out of Phoenix. Turner Sports' Chris Haynes reported on Wednesday that the Suns will waive Chris Paul before his 2023-24 contract becomes fully guaranteed in an effort to open up some off-season flexibility. But both Shams and Woj offered slightly different reports. Shams said that the Suns are considering multiple options for CP3, one of which might be waiving him, while Woj said that the Suns and Chris Paul's camp are, like, talking through these options. So, again, Haynes broke the news that it was like, he's done in Phoenix. Yeah. He's being waived. He's sort of excited to compete for a championship and all that. But then Shams and Woj saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. He could be waived, but he could stay in Phoenix, and we can get into all that. So that's where we're at with Chris Paul. And uh, let's talk about his future with the Suns here. Yeah, he's still on the team. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I know. Right now, yes. I yes. know, but I, w- there's lots of uh, misinformation on the internet, period. It doesn't happen so much in terms of basketball transactions. Like right now, the NBA on TNT account, Chris Haynes works for, has 17 hours ago tweeted and left it up. The Phoenix Suns have waived Chris Paul, making him a free agent. Right. But he has not been waived. He has At not. least we don't think. He has not been waived. Right. I do. Th- uh, okay. So but he's the, going to be. <laughs> uh, probably. Probably, and I think he ends up back with the Phoenix Suns. So that's the that's the whole thing. Yeah, this this feels like okay. He's going to be waived. So who who's going to pick him up? I think the Suns end up picking him back up for the vet minimum and just paying him a lot less because he was his contract is for two more years, but that second year ain't even guaranteed whatsoever, and this next year is guaranteed for basically half at about fifteen point eight million. Right. So that's he's going to get that. 
the question is how how is it paid to him really uh, and is it is it a stretch situation where they do let him go I, right if it is okay let's go over this because I know some it, people are it's confused. complicated yeah you said the contract two years remaining on his four year 120 million dollar deal only 15.8 million of that is guaranteed for next season no money guaranteed on the following season like you said 24 25 so if the Suns want to trade him any deal would have to be done based on his current full. $30 million rate. So if they trade him right if now, if they trade him, um, are there a lot of teams lining up to trade assets for Chris Paul? Obviously, you'd have to get the money close to that. We're talking $30 million here. It's like very unlikely. Yeah, and 20 days on June 28th, right. he's guaranteed 30 mil for next year. That's then, right. Yeah, so that's the weird part. So if they go the wave route, there are two options. One, the Suns could wave Chris Paul and then stretch. That $15.8 million over, let's say, the next five seasons, because you would spread that out as a cap hit over your cap. Yeah. But it if, would you be do five that, seasons. if you do that, you're not able to re-sign it. So he would not be playing for the Phoenix exactly. Suns if they wave and stretch. Now, if they wave Paul, they take the cap hit for this season, still his full contract there, and then they could attempt to re-sign him at a, a longer deal at a much, much lower annual rate which is what a lot of people, and it sounds like you, are expecting happens here. Like, he would become a free agent, would have to clear the waivers. He would have to pick the Suns to then re-sign with. Obviously, he could go anywhere he would want in that situation, sign anywhere he wants. But if you believe well, he's going to stay with Phoenix, then... Well, let's clarify this. If I, I know we're in the nitty-gritty here. Yeah. If he was waived which by, one? The, by the Phoenix Suns, just waived. Okay. Just waived by the Phoenix Suns. Nobody picks him up. Right. Before June 28th, of course. Yeah, so he would just be getting 15 mil from the Suns. On the, that's on the books for mm-hmm. next year. That's part of the salary cap. And then, yeah, they can sign him to whatever afterwards. Like the, the rest mm-hmm. of the contract. Right, he could sign wherever. Then. He could sign wherever, yes. But he wouldn't. they wouldn't have $30 million on the cap next year. No, it that's would be the reduced, part, yes. To yes, 15.8. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I think that's what ends up happening. So Chris Paul is just going to take a discount is what we're getting at here to stay in Phoenix, to help their ability to maybe go get somebody else, to add to their, obviously, core of Booker and Durant and Aiton and then Chris Paul and then whoever else. Well, yeah, they don't have a lot of wiggle room. I no. think I think they end up trading DeAndre Aiton. That's, well, that's the next step to actually you know, improve their team a little bit. Really? Yeah. You didn't, I guess, believe what Vogel was saying in all his press conferences as the new head coach like this idea of like you know the whole thing was like oh Aiton and Monty Williams oh geez you know they, they do not get along mm-hmm. Aiton tried to leave for crying out loud <laughs> you know signed mm-hmm. a deal with the Pacers they match uh that Vogel could like get through to him and like get him back to a higher level even even increase just his trade value <laughs> get him because the guy makes a lot of money he's a 32.5 million yeah get him playing hard I I, I think that ship has sailed it doesn't. It's year after year after year. So Vogel, incredible defensive coach. You're going to get him to play extremely hard on that end. He's a big body who would be very useful. See Jokic, uh, the team that they're trying to overtake. But uh, you don't buy I, it. No, okay. I, I don't think so. I think that's an area, an asset that they could use to improve this whole Chris Paul thing. You know, he's obviously old. He's not going to warrant a lot in tr- in a trade situation. But this report doesn't help his trade value either. The fact that they're going to you know, potentially wave him. Mm-hmm. So that hurts. They got to find a way to improve somehow. They don't have a lot of players under contract. DeAndre Ayton's their best asset. 
they let him go sign a deal with the Indiana Pacers last year as a restricted free agent and then sign him back. They, they match that offer. I don't, I don't It doesn't seem like a lovely relationship. Maybe they can reconcile, but they got to improve somehow. Where are they going to improve? Right. And Chris Paul at $15 million is a lot more palatable than $30 million. And, yeah, that's the, they want to be a championship team right now. Uh, so I, I'm just wondering where they get it from. If or when they waive Chris Paul, Suns have five players under contract. DeAndre Ayton, $32.5 million. Booker, $36 million. Durant, $47.6 million. Shamit, $10.3 million. Campaign, $6.5 million. Only $2 million of that guaranteed. And then they have a team option on Ish Wainwright. So, yeah, that's uh, you know, a lot of money there with Durant, Booker, and Ayton. Uh, and that's why they were probably never going to be paying Chris Paul $30 million this coming season. Like, that's too much. For what you get from Chris Paul at this point of his career, too, is the other part. But does he want to stay there? Does he want to be – you know, he wants to win a championship, you you have to believe. Mm-hmm. Is it is his best option to stick in, in Phoenix, or is it to go somewhere else? Because Chris Paul, everybody thinks, well, he's going to the Lakers. Everybody thinks, well, the Celtics could really use a, a floor general like that to help their chances to win a chip. I mean, you can sort of plug him in as a sort of like a, a, a starter or even a backup on every team. Every team could be like, yeah. yeah, we could we could deal with 20 minutes of Chris Paul, sure, at the right price. Yeah, that's why the Suns would be smart to bring him back because we know that they're a shallow team. Why wouldn't you want to use Chris Paul, who's a 38% shooter for, from three-point land last year? Like He contributed. He's extremely solid, but he can't play. 80 games in a full season yeah Yeah. if he can play 20 25 minutes a game they need all the talent they can get so i don't know why you would let him sneak out to the lakers it makes sense d'angelo russell's a free agent russell westbrook with the clippers he's a free agent so one of those teams in la i I guess a boston situation makes sense even though they have a glut of guards really uh so i think they keep him around i think that's the smart thing to do okay we will see yeah. uh, as we learn more information whether he gets waived and how they do it and uh, if he has the ability to even stay in Phoenix. Uh, or, and, and is this uh, is this Matt Ishbia and the Suns being very aggressive as, we, as we've seen here? I mean, obviously right. the Kevin Durant trade, then the firing of Monty Williams. Here comes Frank Vogel. They've like loaded up their assistant coaches in, in Kevin Young getting that huge deal. Fisdale, I believe, is there. Uh, you know, the, he, this, this new owner syndrome, it's real. And... Is this Chris Paul uh, maneuvering here to help with the books? Is it just a, a a play before the next play? Like you're saying, is it the possibility of trading Eaton uh, and doing something even splashier? Maybe. They will we'll stop at nothing to go win the ship. It's, yeah. it's, it's clear. And our man John Hollinger pointed out that stretching Landry Shamit's contract, who is the fifth highest paid son, you know, besides their big four, again, huge drop off, Shamit stretching his Thirty-two million that's owed over seven years would help the books. Even it's a more, real, yeah. yeah. It's a real uh, Stan Van Gundy sign Josh Smith, release Josh Smith's ass, and stretch him with the Pistons. You don't see it too often. Uh, the, this whole stretching thing, but uh, yeah, Shamit sort of makes sense because the number would be lower next year mm-hmm. because he's got three years left, and they need all the salary cap space and all the maneuvering. And then we get into the double apron. I'm glad we didn't mention that, but like the new CBA. Uh, rules yeah. and, and regulations and penalties for teams that go way over the cap. It's it's more difficult 
for the teams that pay a lot. There's going to be a little bit more parity because of it. Yep. All right, some other news. Uh, appearing Tuesday on Showtime Sports' The Last Stand podcast, Damian Lillard was asked about rumors of a potential trade to the Heat, the Nets, the Knicks, the Celtics, and which of those teams he would most like to play for. Dame immediately said, quote, Miami, obviously, noting that uh, Heat center Bam Adebayo is his dog. And then he called Mikhail Bridges his dog, who plays for the Nets, and said that both Miami and Brooklyn have, quote, capable rosters. I don't know if you watched this clip. I watched this clip. Yeah, so did I. It was really weird, if I'm being honest. Why do you say that? Weird in the sense, like, uh, I, excuse me, I don't know the host's name. but Brian like, Custer. Didn't really, like, push back on, not push back, but, like, dig deep on these answers. Mm. It sort of just moved on. I think it was 40 minutes into the interview. It's like, read the whole article, watch the whole interview. Sure, but I didn't watch it. Oh, I didn't watch the whole thing. I know, yeah, but I know. but I think beforehand, it sort of makes sense for him to say, oh, yeah, Miami, that's a good that's a good option. Brooklyn, that's a good option. If before he said in the previous 40 minutes, oh, I, want, I want to be in Portland. And then he kind of just said, yeah, those are, those are good situations. So that would make more and sense. I, and I will say in, in the host defense, he does say soon after like something like is Damian Lillard going to be in Portland next year or something so it's like and Damian's like I yeah I do I see that I think so but so, all that said I mean the guy's throwing other teams out there this idea of like I wouldn't mind being traded there <laughs> like well yeah I'll, yeah the uh, everything being said the the entire interview you know taken into, into account uh, you know regardless if he said I'm in Portland and then just said I think those are good situations for for basketball, just in terms of a basketball situation. All that being said, he's pretty open mm-hmm. about another opportunity. Well, these, so this these, is the these most. These are his dogs, man. I like that. Those, I like that dogs. as the reason. That's great. Go play with your friends. Uh, those, Go play with your dogs. I think this is the most open he's been about other situations here going into year 14 that he's ever been. Mm-hmm. That's all. I think that's all you can take from it. I, I think there's, there's a little Kevin Garnetti vibe here going on with the Minnesota Timberwolves, that he would be open at one day moving on, even though he wants to be a lifer. But yeah. I, I think he's op- I think the possibility is open after seeing what he did last year in 55 games where he's doing what he can and they still can't make the play-in. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a possibility, yeah. This next one, very weird, okay? According to Reddit user Matt Moses, Taylor Swift's tour stops in the U.S. leg of her era's tour coincide a little too eerily with some NBA team's playoff losses, Tass, all right? The theory goes like this. It's the kiss of death to have Taylor Swift playing in your city during or soon after you're eliminated from the NBA playoffs. You don't want to see Taylor Swift and the heiress tour coming to your city on the schedule. Because it's expensive? Maybe, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, people have uh, amnesia when they go to these shows. You hear this news? Yeah, it's Realist great. Thing? Yeah. I love that. Um, it was, happened with I the Hawks. Listening. I've been there. It or happened, was I? <laughs> it happened with the Hawks versus the Celtics. All right? It happened with the Sixers versus the Celtics. It happened with the Celtics versus the Heat. So, you know, Swift coming to your town, the Swifties invading your city, usually for like back-to-back-to-back shows, you're in trouble. So where does that put the Heat Nuggets? I know you're asking, you're wondering. Yeah, obviously. You're wondering. Well, okay. The closest Swift got to South Florida was in April when she played three shows in Tampa. Miami lost its playing game to Atlanta two days before Taylor Swift's first show in Tampa. Okay, okay. But 
But, 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 Swift has not scheduled a single Miami show. Okay. Denver Swifties, though, they're getting two concerts in July at the uh, stadium there. Ball Arena? No, the Empower Field at Mile High. Oh. So yeah, the football field. She's she's too big for she's Ball too big. Arena. Too big. So I saw Blink One Eighty Two on the docket at Ball Arena. Okay, while you were there, Brian Adams was on the docket for oh, a few, uh, for July. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, big things in July no, in Denver. No, but, no anyway, Taylor Swift's coming. So the whole point is, if you believe Moses, <laughs> Matt Moses, uh, Nuggets Tam- are going to lose. The Nuggets are going to lose. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Because Tampa ain't close to Miami, so no, no it's no. hours away. Yeah. So uh, Nuggets fans may have some bad blood with Taylor Swift if Denver loses the NBA Finals. Shout out to Daniela Perez for writing that and me reading that. <laughs> but uh, I guess this this is going to be killed, this theory. Oh, you be think killed. so? Well, they're up 2-1. Anything can happen. Anything us. can happen. It's not over. It's not over. Should someone book a concert, if Nuggets fans gather up 5 mil, and tell Taylor Swift she's got to go perform at Kaseya Center in Miami. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Pay her off. Okay. Well, we'll see if uh, she will never this, be pay this off. Curse remains. She's got standards. Anyway. All right. Have you ever gone to a Swifty? I have. A not. Swifty concert? I have <laughs> <laughs> she puts on a show. Yeah, sure. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. Uh, final piece of news here uh, from uh, Bet Online. Got this email yesterday. The opening 2024 NBA title odds. They list the Nuggets. 24? Yeah, that's right, Tass. Yeah. We're nearly in the future. 24-25 has the Nuggets as the favorites. Plus 550 for Denver next season to win the chip. Celtics plus 600. Bucks plus 700. Suns plus 850. Mavericks plus 900. Warriors plus 1,200 along with the Sixers. Lakers plus 1,400. And then it goes Clippers, Grizzlies, and Heat with increasing odds. So... Nugs, the favorite. What do you think? For next year, yeah, for yeah. 12 months from now, 23-24, the right. Nugs are the favorite. Respect. Congrats to them. I'm not, I'm not going to – I'm not digging in. You're not going <laughs> no, to dig- entertain this? Nah. Well, what do you think? Actually, well, I think me, the, king, me, the, kings at 14, the Kings at 14th should be 13th. Okay. Don't well, like no, it. no. Okay, I, I think – Go ahead. Do the Nuggets have a dynasty coming? Absolutely. That's, a that's shot. what we're getting at here. Plus 550 isn't that bad. No. I mean, if they go on to win this thing, why are the Denver Nuggets going to be any worse next year? It's hard to repeat, though. I mean, I know there's Bruce Brown, got to figure out him and all that, but. That's the only guy that they really have to figure out. Right. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Number one. Unless Jeff Green retires. <laughs> no, he wants to play uh, like four more years. They said on the broadcast last night. Yeah, you called him Julio Franco. Yeah, I think Nolan Ryan is a better, uh, okay. better example now. Okay. He did some great things into his mid forties. Okay, but they are not missing any of their great players. You're totally right. The only thing is, it's just difficult to repeat. But <laughs> a lot of teams do though. Some. I mean, not recently. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. This parody. The, it's a real the thing. Warriors did, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, other than that, these odds are just basically who's good now, right? <laughs> well, the Mavericks is an interesting plus 900. What is uh, what is Vegas's infatuation with the Dallas Mavericks? Luka's always going to win MVP, Luka. and the Mavericks are always going to win the chip. Anyway. Anyway, Dynasty is, is, not, is not crazy. It's not crazy considering the steadiness of Jokic still in his prime. We're watching Jamal. And with how long they've already played together. That's the other part of this, right? Yeah. This isn't just like, whoa. 
they struck lightning here. You know, first year, these guys put together this pick and roll game. No, no, no. They've been doing this for a very long time. Uh, you know, just unfortunately, Jamal got injured, and, and there was the Michael Porter Jr. injury, too. Um, so anyway, plus 550. They have not struck not lightning. Not financial advice, okay? Not financial advice. <laughs> uh, they have not struck lightning, although the Thunder, good odds at 85 to 1. There you go. Take it. So you are doing a deep dive over I there. I did. Oh, no, I just wanted to make a lightning and thunder. <laughs> nice. A little connection. Garth Brooks. Uh, all right, let's take you our... You love country. You're a, <laughs> you're a Swifty. I'm actually... Uh, never mind. Uh, let's take our break, and when we come back, Tass has Tweet of the Night. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite part of this show, Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet, uh. tweet of the Night is actually a video today. It's Nuggets head coach Michael Malone talking post-game, doing his press conference. Mm-hmm. Here's a clip. I have to give Christian a lot of love. I, I felt his play, what a bad press room, by the way. I felt Christian Brown's play was fantastic. Did not look like a rookie. Simple as that. He just calls out the location of the press room at the Kaseya Center in Miami. Right. There was some noise going on. There was actually uh, fans cheering, and he couldn't couldn't think, couldn't do his job yeah. in, in the press conference. It wasn't picking up on the mic, though. It we wasn't. didn't need to worry about it. Oh, we it's do, like us all we the do time. that all I know. the time. It's like, oh, Jesus, there's a dump truck going by outside. Well, and then I, we say it, but you wouldn't even know. Well, Those mics are great. Yesterday, uh, actually, we had a situation on our baseball show, No Bunts. Yeah. Interviewing Chris Kirshner of The Athletic. That was water rushing. One of JD's kids flushed the toilet. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah and, it's loud. And I tried to be professional, just tried to roll with it. We didn't mention it. And then we watched it back. You could literally hear. You could hear. You could hear the turd? Yeah, you, you could hear. <laughs> it was a number two, clearly, r- rolling down the wall. Chris Kirshner on the microphone. Chris Kirshner said, what? Who, what is that? Did somebody just flush a turd? Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I do like... Uh, <laughs> 
I, I love hearing toilets flush as we record. Uh, got It feels like the toilet, the water running is. I'm pointing here. If you're just watching or listening <laughs> yeah, to the podcast, pipes. it feels like it's right there. And we have exposed pipes. Am I right, in here. JD? We're in a garage, man. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's right there. I could just. Somebody was saying good. earlier in the uh, in the stream team when we were talking about our pit stains and all that. Yeah, you know, we sweat sometimes in here. Yeah. like why don't you turn on the AC, you weirdos? And we were, I was like, well, it's loud. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a hum. You don't want that white noise in your ears while you're listening to this podcast or watching live. We're doing you a favor by not turning it on. We suffer for your audio enjoyment. Yeah, and then somebody messaged as we were talking about how much would you pay for a Jimmy Butler cup? How much would you pay for a quiet air conditioner? That's a, <laughs> that's a great question. Yesterday I had on... They don't uh, exist. Don't it's tough. It. It's tough. These these ones that are on the wall, like, you know, in Europe a lot that's of the right. time. It's a very European air conditioner. It sure is. Yesterday on Playback, I had mine on because I'm in a garage. It's hot in Atlanta. Yeah. But I had it at a low level. You can't hear it. You can't it. hear it. No. Yeah. But yeah. this is broadcast. You hear toilets. You hear air conditioners. But I love Michael Malone getting back to him, calling out this situation. Because I just think he's the perfect coach for this team. Because there isn't really an a-hole on this team. There's no Draymond Green. Right. You need somebody to call stuff yeah, out like it's, this. It's him. You're right. It is. Every single video montage when I was in Denver punctuated with a Michael Malone quote. Mm. He's the guy. It's not Jokic. It's not Murray. It's not Jeff Green. It, it, Bruce Brown is kind of like their emotional guy. And whatever, whatever happens in that locker room, I don't know. But he, but he, uh, Jokic, Murray, like they are emotional leaders. But you need a bit of an a hole to call things out. And Malone is always, always calling things out. And <laughs> just the fact that he says he's in press the his first finals game, doing his post game press conference, he hears something and he says, "What an awful press room!" <laughs> just on the spot. Well, he's like got to be. Uh, he's got to be careful with that. Spolstra's got to turn this into uh, bulletin board material. That? This guy's coming into our barn. Mm -hmm. Saying we live in a shithole. Saying we <laughs> live in an actual barn. <laughs> you got to you gotta fire them up. How yeah. dare you? Somebody comes into your home? Right. Says, I hate this room. And I hate... This room sucks. <laughs> oh, man. I can see a KFC across the street. <laughs> so you got to take that and turn it Is into inspiration. Is that true? Is there a KFC no, across no, the street? No, I think you should leave a reference. Damn it. <laughs> I got Season you. three? No, two. Oh. two. No, one. Maybe one. The gift receipt one where he eats the gift receipt. Yeah, oh, I've one. seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know, there's a, a throwaway line where he says <laughs> he says he can see the KFC from across the street. I don't know why it's funny. Oh, that is pretty funny. Shout out to Awful Announcing for clipping that 10-second clip. I just love it. I, I like the Michael Malone feistiness. I loved the – and we were going nuts on playback before the game last night. They showed the clip of him in the locker room. Malone like – Oh, yeah. Hey, Jeff Green, how long you been in this league? How many years you been in this league? You know, you could sort of hear Jeff Green say, how many times you been in the finals? Only second time, right? And he would go around the room. Hey, you. Yep. <laughs> how long you been in this league? You know, was it Ish Smith that he called? I don't know. He was calling out like a couple of guys. Like, how long you been in this league? Yep. How many times you been in the finals? Yep. You know, it's either two or this was the only time. We got to take advantage. We got to come out locked in. That was, that was good. I, mean, we were, I was ready to run through a wall. Yeah. So you don't get you don't get that both opportunity. Both these coaches, man, they fire you up. Yeah, and especially uh, with Michael Malone, considering his best player Nikola Jokic doesn't like doing media. Mm-hmm. He'll take the questions. He'll take all the questions when Jokic doesn't want to do it. It was there before game one. Michael Malone went for like 25 minutes, like way over time. And Jokic got a, got a shorter run. Maybe it's because of that. Maybe it's because the, they know that he doesn't want to do media. But 
Malone will just keep talking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll 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 literally like he'll get that guy a podcast. Yeah, he'll go for twenty four hours, and there'll be no more time. Oh, Jokic will get up to the podium. Uh, no time. That's too bad. Yeah, <laughs> Jokic will love it. Let me you go know? FaceTime my horses. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, drop podcast tomorrow, ten a.m. Eastern. Yeah, we'll be here. Getting you ready for game four tomorrow night. Friday night basketball. We'll be live on playback. A little second screen experience for some of you. We really appreciate everybody rolling through. We had some big numbers last night, so let's keep those going. That link to join the No Dunks Playback Room, it's in the show notes uh, here on YouTube or wherever you're listening to your podcast, whatever app you use. So click on that. Join the room. 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Friday night. And then, yes, on Saturday. Saturday morning, we'll be here in the Classic Factory breaking down Game 4 of the NBA Finals with a brand new No Dunks podcast. So, here for the next couple days, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave your boys a 5-star rating and review. Until tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, KFC does chicken, but their chicken sandwich, it's so disappointing. (laughs) Right? That's all they do is chicken. It's not as good as Popeye's. No. It's not as good as Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. It's not as good as McDonald's chicken sandwich. Right? You're probably right. Jeez. Right? Right? Am I right? <laughs> that, that shredded lettuce? <laughs> Embrace the day, people. <laughs>